You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Do you love history but hate when it's stuffy and boring? Well, look no further and join me, Katie Charlwood, your friend the neighborhood social scientist and reader of books, as I delve into unsolved historical mysteries, murders by gaslight, and of course, women who have been misrepresented through all time. On Who Did What Now, the history podcast that's not your history class. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. On February 19th, 2013, the naked corpse of a young woman was found floating in the water tank atop downtown LA's Cecil Hotel. The hotel's maintenance workers had gone to check on the rooftop tank after guests complained that their water tasted funny. It was then that they found the severely waterlogged and decomposing body of 21-year-old Elisa Lamb. Lamb had been reported missing more than two weeks earlier, and though her death was ruled an accidental drowning, no one knows why or how she ended up in that tank in the first place. Then, her bizarre case grew all the more disturbing when police released an eerie CCTV video of Lamb in the hotel's elevator right before she was last seen alive. Lamb's erratic behavior in the footage, coupled with her inexplicable disappearance, have kept her case morbidly fascinating for amateur sleuths and conspiracy theorists alike to this day. You're listening to History Uncovered, brought to you by the digital publisher All That's Interesting, where we explore the uncharted corners of the natural world and the world past. I'm All That's Interesting's associate editor, Leah Silverman, and today I'll be in conversation with our staff writer, Kaylina Fraga, to dive into the disappearance of Elisa Lamb. And later, we'll be discussing some of the most tantalizing theories behind her maddening demise. Before her disappearance and death mystified the world, Elisa Lamb was simply a 21-year-old student from Vancouver, Canada. Her parents owned a restaurant. She had taken some classes at the University of British Columbia. In other words, everything about Elisa Lamb at first glance looked pretty normal. A high school classmate of Lamb's, Alex Reista, called her one of the friendliest people I know. However, Lamb did struggle with mental health issues like bipolar disorder and chronicled her struggles on an online blog. Like many things about Lamb, her reason for going to Los Angeles on January 26, 2013 is unclear, but it seemed, from the outside, like she simply wanted to take a trip. Risa remembered Lamb posting photos on Facebook of her visits to touristy sites, like the San Diego Zoo a manager at LA's iconic Last Bookstore, another popular tourist destination, remembers Lamb coming in to buy a few books. It seemed like she had plans to return home, the manager recalled, plans to give things to her family members and reconnect with them. Although Lamb's reasons for going to Los Angeles are unclear, there are some things we do know. On January 26, Lamb checked into the Cecil Hotel. Why did Lamb choose this hotel? Maybe she wanted to save money. Or maybe she didn't know any better. The Cecil Hotel's glamorous past had long faded. The Art Deco Hotel stood on the corner of Skid Row, an infamous LA neighborhood known for its high rates of homelessness. And 
Over the years, the Cecil had developed a reputation for violence and tragedy. In 1944, a woman threw her baby out a window. Suicides were so common that locals called it the suicide. Most harrowing of all, at least two serial killers, the night stalker Richard Ramirez and the Austrian killer Jack Unterweger, had spent time there. Now, the Cecil would be center stage for another bizarre tragedy. Lamb stayed in Los Angeles for four days. Her Facebook posts told an innocent story about exploring the city. She called her parents every day during her trip to check in. On the surface, everything seemed fine. Normal. But on January 31st, the day Lamb was supposed to leave for Santa Cruz, she missed her daily call home. Her family couldn't get in contact with her. A few days later, Lamb's parents reported her missing. To this day, no one knows what happened to Elisa Lamb in the weeks between her disappearance and the discovery of her body in the water tank. On the last day that anyone saw her alive, hotel workers reported that she was alone. The last person to see her seemed to be the owner of the last bookstore near the hotel. According to her, Lamb was talkative and intended to bring gifts home to her parents. It seemed she was looking forward to returning home, to the future. Her parents flew to LA to aid in the search for her, and for the next 20 days, it seemed most of downtown L.A. was aware of her disappearance. Flyers were scattered throughout the city and online. Police searched the hotel with sniffer dogs, but were only able to enter some of the rooms, including the one that Lamb stayed in. Though her body was found on the roof, sniffer dogs didn't detect her up there during the initial investigation. Then, just four days before she was discovered, police released unsettling CCTV footage of Lamb in the hotel's elevator. The camera, which was situated in the back corner of one of the elevators, captured Lamb as she entered the cab in flip-flops and a zip-up sweatshirt. She presses one of the elevator's buttons, and when the doors fail to close, she pokes her head out between them and looks both ways before she backs all the way up to the rear of the elevator. The doors still don't close, and Lamb approaches the opening a second time, but then she erratically jumps into the hall outside of the elevator. This is followed by another jump to the side, then back in, and then she looks around again. This odd dance seems to happen one more time before she returns to the elevator's control panel and presses a slew of buttons, some more than once. Oddly, she then covers her ears and backs up against the back of the elevator. Then, she rubs her arms together, waves her hands at her sides, stretches out her fingers, and bows forward while rocking back and forth. All the while, the elevator doors remain open. Finally, Lamb exits the elevator in the camera's view, and the doors inexplicably close. Based on her behavior, some posited that Lamb was trying to avoid someone who was chasing her, others that she was under the influence of drugs or was having a psychotic episode. The video was shared millions of times online, but no further information seemed to come of it. It seemed, instead, that Lamb had disappeared from the Cecil altogether, and the notorious hotel continued to experience oddities. For the first week or so in February, guests complained of poor water pressure and an odd taste in the tap. One British couple said their water was, quote, awful and would run black for two seconds before going back to normal. The water also, quote, tasted horrible and, according to that same couple, had a very funny, sweetie, disgusting taste. It's a very strange taste. I can barely describe it. 
Ultimately, they didn't think too much of it, nor did they complain, reasoning that that's, quote, just the way it is here. But other hotel guests knew better and did complain. So finally, on February 19th, a hotel maintenance worker went up to the water tank on the roof to investigate and found what was altering the water. Quote, I noticed the hatch to the main water tank was open and looked inside and saw an Asian woman lying face up in the water approximately 12 inches from the top of the tank, unquote. Unfortunately, the discovery of Lamb's body only led to more questions than it did answers. As investigators poured through the last days of Elisa Lamb's life, they began to piece together a story. Their story was not as simple, nor as peaceful, as Lamb's social media from the week she disappeared had suggested. For starters, something bizarre had unfolded during Lamb's early days in Los Angeles. She had originally been assigned to a shared room with others on the Cecil's fifth floor. However, she was moved to a private room, also on the fifth floor, after her roommates complained to the management about her odd behavior. This, and the bizarre video of Lamb in the hotel elevator, could be explained in part by the toxicology report. The results were incomplete due to the state of Lamb's body, but found no alcohol or illegal substances in Lamb's system. However, it did identify several prescription drugs. When Lamb's parents reported her missing, they acknowledged that she had mild depression. The toxicology report confirmed that she had been taking antidepressants, mood stabilizers, and antipsychotic medications. In the parallel, unofficial investigation of Lamb's death that unfolded online, users on Reddit analyzed the toxicology report and noted that Lamb may not have been taking her medication properly. This could explain, in part, why her behavior had been erratic during her stay in Los Angeles. But still, investigators struggled to explain how Lamb had ended up in the water tank. Obviously, hotel guests were not allowed on the roof. If someone did sneak up there using the stairs, they would trigger an alarm that would be audible at the front desk, as well as in the top two floors of the building. No such alarm had been triggered, and only hotel employees had the means to disable it. Lamb could have climbed one of the fire escapes, and police dogs even picked up her scent on a window leading to a fire escape. But why go onto the roof in the first place? And, once on the roof, why go to the water tanks? They're hard to get to. You'd have to climb up onto a platform, squeeze between the tanks, climb a ladder, and pull up a heavy metal lid. In other words, you'd have to make a deliberate decision to access the tanks. Was it a suicide? An accident? A murder? Investigators struggled to understand Elisa Lamb's death. Lamb had left a trail of blog posts, but they did little to shed light on her state of mind. Like many 20-somethings, she felt lost and inadequate. At one point, she mentioned a relapse that had forced her to drop some classes. She worried about her future. Lamb's parents blamed the hotel for their daughter's death. They filed a wrongful death suit a few months after Lamb's body was discovered, 
Their attorney stated that the hotel had a duty to inspect and seek out hazards in the hotel that presented an unreasonable risk of danger to hotel guests. Their suit was dismissed, however. The judge ruled that Lamb's death was unforeseeable because guests weren't supposed to be on the roof anyway. Investigators in Los Angeles were stumped. They initially treated the case as a suspicious death. After all, the water tank was covered, and the door to the roof was locked. One police sergeant noted it would be an unusual accident for someone to die by accessing a closed water tank through a locked door. But in the end, that's exactly what investigators decided. Elisa Lamb, they said, was a victim of accidental drowning. Her bipolar condition may have played a significant role in her death. The case may be closed, but the fascination surrounding Lamb's death hasn't faded. Instead, it's prompted a number of theories about what could have happened. They range from the basic to the bizarre, and we'll get into a couple of them now. So um, I guess we can start with what we think the most interesting theories are and not necessarily the most realistic ones because there is a good mix of both. Um, So which one do you think is the most tantalizing, the most fascinating? I think everything to do with the hotel itself and just its history of tragedy um, is the most compelling theory to me. It's had such a long history of, of murders and suicides and these very creepy people living there. And for her, death is just another uh, in a long series of other strange things that have happened. So what are the strange things that happen? We have um, Elizabeth Short or um, the Black Dahlia murder case, which we have another podcast on. Um, That was the last place she was seen alive in the 1940s. Yes. Um, There's been a couple of of murders. There's an unsolved murder, which was actually a really sad story. This woman who was living there uh, was, was killed and she was known for like feeding the birds outside the hotel. And although someone was spotted walking away, like covered in blood, he was never convicted for it, which mm-hmm. is a bit strange. Yeah. Uh, notoriously, uh, these two serial killers, Richard Ramirez, the Night Stalker, and Jack Unterweger stayed there. While they were committing murders? Jack Unterweger, yes. I'm not sure about the Night Stalker, but I think I so too. I think I remember hearing Richard Ramirez threw his bloody clothes in a dumpster behind the Cecil Hotel. And then, mm-hmm. like, walks through the lobby in his underwear, oh, and no gosh. one said anything because they're wow. like, it's LA. We're near Skid <laughs> Row. Things happen. That kind of place. Yeah. All right. Could see that. I think, kind of, the when I was researching the episode and I was in my mind, I was thinking the Cecil Hotel, but it's the Cecil Hotel. And locals apparently started calling it the suicide because of <laughs> all these suicides that have happened there. And if you look at the list, it's a long list. And it's a lot of people jumping um, to their deaths. Most recently, in I think 2015, someone they think jumped. They're not sure. I guess it makes sense because it already had a history of death. So that Mm -hmm. brings people who are interested in death or thinking about it there. Um, So I could see why someone would choose it as a suicide place. And I can see why it's a tourist spot. Did Elisa ever seem to have like a a preference for the macabre. I don't remember seeing in any of her blog posts that mm-hmm. she was interested in, you know, like 
morbid deaths or no I, one interesting thing that i read this morning actually is you know the hotel was there was this effort to like change their image as from this place of being super violent and scary and so they they rebranded it as the stay on main so it was still the Cecil hotel but it's also the stay on main they just divided the floors and she chose to stay at stay on main so she thought she was staying there so i'm not sure she would have gone to the, the Cecil in search of anything like super dark at the beginning if she had known yeah but but we don't know so is the theory about all the deaths that the place is cursed or Um, that if she showed up there she was doomed from the start is that kind of the idea behind all the yeah i think so just there's this darkness there and people who stay there or live there are influenced by it I read another thing this morning about some paranormal team that went in there and I, I didn't watch their whole video, but it was like they had all these weird like symptoms. They had scratches and started feeling really dark while they were there. And I don't know. It just sounds like something in like the soul of the hotel is is dark, according to this theory. Right. And if she had her own demons, as mm-hmm. we'll talk about, um, there's the um, evidence that she had bipolar disorder and was potentially not taking her medication correctly if the people on the subreddit have any, you know, are right. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have this idea of demons in her and then potentially demons in this hotel. Right. Yeah. Yeah. A perfect like, storm for disaster. Mm-hmm. If you're someone who is already maybe raw inside. One thing I read this morning too, just we talked about during the show, she'd had this encounter with her roommates in the hotel and been asked to move to a private room. Mm-hmm. Apparently there were two other like strange outbursts during her trip. She went to a television recording and something happened there. She was asked to leave. And the manager of the hotel, which I don't know, I feel like looking back on something, maybe people could change their memories, but she said there was an outburst in the lobby that she noticed with Elisa Lamb. So something seemed like it was going on in, in terms of her mental health during this whole stay. Mm-hmm. And then that coupled with the fact that it wasn't so hard for someone to get up to the hotel roof. I remember if just reading news reportings on it, you know, more recent ones, because it's getting a lot of buzz because it's on Netflix. Um, mm-hmm. And a lot of quippy viral places online have been writing about it. And they all kind of stress the point that it's not so easy to get to the roof, but that's not really true as we've learned. Um, she could access it from a fire escape, which in fact they think she did because the sniffer dogs picked up her scent there. And mm-hmm. um, staff at the hotel said they've never actually heard the alarm go off um, mm-hmm. if somebody were to enter the roof. And then the tank she was found in, the latch was undone. So it wouldn't have been that hard for her to fall in or go in. But based on you know, what you reported earlier, it doesn't seem like you could really fall in. It seemed like you had to be kind of trying. Right. Yeah. That's the odd thing is why she would right. be up there, regardless if it was easier not to access, just an odd thing to do. Right. So one of the reasons she may have been up there in the first place is that she went to take photographs for her blog or for Instagram. And mm-hmm. maybe she was just trying to get that good shot by going up on the water tank. Yeah possible if you want something like different and edgy you might climb to the top of a roof to take a picture and if you look at her instagram like there are pictures of like from roofs i think there's like one or two so i don't know maybe that's that seems like the simplest most basic theory out there that she wanted a picture of the la skyline and so she went to the highest point in the hotel right and then somehow wound up in the tank with her clothes off i mean i guess once she was in the tank and panicking she may have taken her clothes off because it was hard to tread water. So the fact that her clothes are off and in the tank with her does kind of 
make you think that she was fully alive when she went in and maybe cognizant of the danger she was in and was taking off her clothes so she could float better. Mm -hmm. Yeah, maybe. I I read something online that if that was true, if she knew what was happening and she was trying to jump up Mm -hmm. to get out of the tank, she might've thought that would make her lighter to not be wearing clothes, which again, I think makes some sense. Right. I mean, how often does maintenance go up to a roof in a hotel anyway? I can't think that often, especially in a place like this that maybe doesn't have the best reputation. It must take a complaint for them to go check anything else up there. Yeah, that's the other thing. I think we should remember that like the Cecil is a budget hotel and Mm -hmm. though it has a reputation, it wasn't in a nice place for a long time. So it wasn't exactly a tourist destination. I think that's just come with its macabre reputation over time. So I don't think we can like expect that so much was happening in the way of like maintenance or like surveillance. I think it's even amazing that they had gotten their hands on CCTV footage of her, which kind of brings us to our next um, conspiracy and probably the most interesting um, (laughs) is this idea that she fell into like a paranormal world playing an elevator game that originated in like Korea or Japan or something in 2008 and yeah. it went awry and she wound up in the water tank. Yeah. I think, I mean, that elevator video is definitely unsettling to watch, but it, it really seems like the, to me, at least the door just won't close. And she mm-hmm. keeps trying to like, why isn't it closing? Keeps trying to, to change it, but she just press all the buttons, which I think is a bit odd. Right. I think and, maybe she presses all the buttons because she's frustrated because the door is not closing. And she's like, ah, and just, yeah. Know. So that does seem plausible. Like this seems like semi-erratic behavior for someone who's just getting frustrated by a task that a simple task that isn't working the way they want it to. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think the oddest part is, and obviously you'd have to watch the video because it's a podcast and you can't see, but when she's <laughs> outside the elevator and like moving her hands, yeah. that's, a weird thing to do. I mean, maybe she's just a little weird and was being silly. Like she jumped out of the elevator. She's trying to get it to close by making movement in front of it, you know, mm. like That's hello, true. close door, like trying to activate its sensors. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I yeah. think that's, that's the most plausible theory with the elevator that, that the door wouldn't close, but it's interesting. It's an interesting thing that people have latched onto that, that this game exists and that maybe mm-hmm. something very strange happened during her journey up. Yeah. So for those who don't know, the elevator game is a game that originated somewhere on the internet in Japan or Korea in 2008 or 2009. Um, and it has very specific rules that will bring you to a paranormal world if you press numbers in a certain order. Mm. Um, I can't remember exactly what it is. It's like you press three and then 10 and then five. And then eventually the elevator brings you to a floor that's not listed or to the 10th floor or something, but it's not really the 10th floor. It's, it's a parallel universe. Yeah. And there's, isn't there a whole thing with like someone, if you do the game, right, someone will enter the elevator with you and you're yes. not supposed to talk to them and they're going right. to sort of exactly. guide you. Yeah. Creepy. Yeah. So if you, you also have to exit the elevator, exit the paranormal world as specifically as you came into it. And if you do it wrong, then you could be stuck in that world forever. Mm, there are a yeah. bunch of stories on Reddit. I don't know how true they are about people playing the game. And like you said, someone getting in the elevator and looking at them and then them being followed by them for, you know, I don't know how long. I didn't follow up on those stories. <laughs> oh, gosh, that's a, that's a really creepy one. Yeah. So I guess the idea there is that she somehow played the game wrong, but she did wind up in the paranormal world and something went awry that led to her death. 
I had a little trouble finding which floor the elevator video was taken on. Do you happen to know? Because I think I tried it, to look it up. I, I couldn't find it. So if listeners yeah. know. Yeah. Because I think it is significant if she was on one of those floors for the elevator mm-hmm. game or if she was on like the 10th floor, whichever floor it is that you're supposed to wind up on. Also, if she was at like the highest floor because she was trying to get to the to the roof, I think I feel like that's significant. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So if anyone out there knows. Let us know. <laughs> um, I guess some other little things just to take note of to kind of deepen this conspiracy that maybe some foul play was involved is that she didn't have her phone or wallet with her. But I did see that there was on a subreddit, apparently during a press conference with the police, the original investigator said that like wouldn't answer the question about her phone being on her. And it made it seem mm-hmm. like they'd probably did have some evidence on it or did have it, but for whatever reason, they were withholding information. So that almost leads me to believe that like maybe the cops messed up in some way, Hmm. which I know happens like a lot in these cases where they seem like maybe there's more involved, but really it's just police with bad evidence. Sorry, my cat is trying to, (laughs) he's on my table and he's trying to eat my apple. Please stop. (laughs) Did you hear that? (laughs) I did. Yeah. The, the roof theory that she goes up there on her own to take a picture also includes the idea that she would have had her phone, but maybe dropped it Mm -hmm. off the roof. And then someone just found it and, you know, it's LA, it's good row, pocketed it. And that's why it disappeared. But this does seem like sort of a glaring mystery, you know, especially someone who's in her twenties in 2013, like of she would have had her phone with her. She was calling her parents every day. It's very odd that that's missing. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe a botched investigation. Maybe someone stole it. Maybe there was someone already on the roof when she got up there. Foul play ensued. It's interesting you say that because that possibility like never comes up that someone else was on the roof. Like, what if it was like, an employee even? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Which would make sense. I mean, you said the alarm, maybe, who knows? It had No one had ever heard it, but... They were the people who knew how to disable it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it seems that seems like a, a likely possibility that hasn't been explored too, too much online that she interrupted someone else up there and then something happened. Right. Or someone went up there with her. Like she seems like she was pretty social. It seems likely she could have made friends with either people at the hotel who worked there or, you know, elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. The, the Cecil is like a hostel type hotel. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in hostels, people are looking to make friends and I don't know. How did they, so did she have water in her lungs to suggest that she died in the water tank or did she die and then was put in the water tank? They chalked it up to an accidental drowning. So she did have water in her lungs, but she was pretty decomposed as well after that much time in the water, which made a really thorough investigation difficult. I'm not sure if that that time in the water would have obscured other injuries or or what. Yeah, true. Like, don't you get so bloated? How would you tell if someone was like beaten up maybe? Right, exactly. And she might've had like, or even bruising if she was Mm -hmm. strangled or something like that, that might've been evidence that just disappeared. But it sounds like that much time, because she was in the water for a long time. Like that made... Yeah, that's that's forever. Insane. I also just, this isn't so related, but I just cannot get over this point that there was a couple staying in that hotel that for a week said the water tasted bad and looked funny and they didn't say anything. 
Yeah. I just cannot get, get past that level of complacency. I love that they thought, I think they were British and they right. were like, oh, it's LA. Like this must just be how water is in LA. First of all, uh, offensive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh I know. I, ugh, that's, that's an insane thing to me too. And the way she described the water, I was like, oh my God, you think people just live that way? That's not what happens. I know. Wasn't it coming out like black? Yes. She said it would run black and then it would go back to normal. I was like, there's no way it ever went back to normal. Like there's nothing normal about that situation. God, this does remind me one time I, I guess I'd been gone for a couple of weeks and I was living in Seattle and I came back and my water did something similar. I mean, it didn't run black, but it ran like dark brown and the building manager was like, oh, it's fine. If it's clear now, (laughs) then it's fine. Unfortunately, that's, that's like pretty common here. They were working on um, the pipes on the water main near us. Mm-hmm. And every time they would work on it in the morning, the water would run brown for, you know, 45 seconds. Ugh. Yeah. I think one of the oddest, this isn't a conspiracy theory. Well, I guess it could be, but you put this in about the TV outbreak. Mm-hmm. The test is, they called it Lamb Elisa. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why. I'm sure that stands for something or is short for something. And I don't know how that ties into any conspiracy, but for some reason they named the test for tuberculosis, you know, the outbreak that was happening around there. Mm -hmm. Don't know. Very odd. Yeah. I'm sure someone can call in about that too. Like what, (laughs) what does Lamalisa stand for in that case? Our TV people. Our experts. <laughs> Anyone with TB? Just taking the Lamb Elisa test. Yeah, it's really, it's a, just an odd, strange, unsettling story. I, I, I'm someone who's like, I like to travel alone. And I don't know, I've stayed in like, host, like bad hostels before. It's just very creepy that what happened to her and that no one solved it. The point you just bring up kind of makes me think also why this story blew up the way it did, not just because of the strangeness of a body being found in a water tank at a hotel known for death. It's a story of a young woman traveling alone. And I do think people are drawn to the creepiness in that, you know, like what the danger in that. Yeah. And there's frustration too. I think that like something horrible happened and we don't know what it was. Right. They never were able to give us answers about that. If what you heard today has got you thinking, or you know something we left out of this episode, we want to hear it. Call us at 929-526-3029 or email at podcast at allthatsinteresting.com. And we might bring up your comments in our next episode. Thanks for listening to History Uncovered. I'm History Uncovered's producer, Kit Westneat. If you like the show, help others find us by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And be sure to follow the All That's Interesting and History Revealed pages on Facebook and Real History Uncovered on Instagram. Make sure you don't miss out on the new episodes and subscribe to the History Uncovered podcast. And keep up with our latest stories at allthatsinteresting.com. If you have a question about the show or just want to say hi, feel free to call us at 929-526-3029 or email us at podcast at allthatsinteresting.com. This podcast is part of the Airwave Media Podcast Network. Visit airwavemedia.com to listen and subscribe to their other fine shows like Legends of the Old West and Redacted History. Until next time, keep exploring. What's something you learned in history class that you feel like wasn't the whole truth? Better yet, 
What's something you didn't learn at all that was omitted completely? That's what I like to call redacted history. My name is Andre White, the host of the Redacted History Podcast, the place where history's forgotten events, heroes, and villains get their story told, one episode at a time. The Redacted History Podcast. Real history never dies. Stream the Redacted History Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts.